0: Hello, this is Pastor Don from the Atlantic Evangelical Free Church. I want to thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. If you'd like to find out more about our church, you can check us out on the web at AtlanticFreeChurch.com. In the meantime, I hope the sermon you're about to hear draws you closer to the Lord Jesus. Thanks for listening, and God bless you.
1: I'll be reading Psalm 27, verses 1 through 6. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now... My head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord.
0: Well, good morning. At the risk of belaboring the point, I will wish a happy Mother's Day as well to all of you moms uh, there and here, including my own wife, who is not with me today. Uh, she's with her mom out in the Chicago area. I don't know if they were tuning in or not, but uh, happy Mother's Day to you ladies. Uh, that, by the way, is... Nope, wrong bottle. This is the bottle I want. Uh, I wanted to mention uh, these little bottles, if you saw these on your way in. Um, baby bottles. Why do we have a basket of baby bottles in front of, uh, in front of the auditorium as you came in this morning? These are part of the, uh, a fundraiser that a local ministry does that we are Partners with the LC Clinic, uh, you take one of these home and you fill it up with spare change or bills if you're so inclined or however you want to give to that for um, for for their ministry. Basically, it's a it's a um, pregnancy care center here in. We're actually getting ready to open one up pretty quick in Atlantic. There's one in Creston, one in Stewart. So um, this is another way we partner with them. So grab a bottle or two or three. I actually found a dime randomly on the floor here in the church this week, and I put it in the bottle. So here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm started already. So uh, that's what that's about. We are continuing this morning in the Psalms. We started it last week, kind of a, a Psalms sampler series for the next few months. And this morning we find ourselves in Psalm 27. Thank you, Cheryl, for reading the first half of that for us. Uh, I'm going to pray for us, and then we will get right into, right into the text. So let's ask for the Lord's help. Lord, thank you so much for bringing us here today. We are honored to be your people, your sons and your daughters gathered uh, in, uh, in our version in some ways, theologically it's not a complete fit, but that, that tabernacle that David talks about in, in this morning's psalm, uh, this is a, a way we practice that as we come together together uh, is God's people to gather in community, to worship in community. And as we do that now, a big part of it is looking into your word and asking you to speak to us through it. And so that's what I would ask today, Lord, that you would speak to us as we, as you, uh, as we look at prayer, as we think about prayer through the lens of moms, perhaps, but this applies to every single one of us here. And so would you just take your word, apply it to our lives, make us stronger, fortify our foundations that we might live uh, more faithfully for you in these days and that's what we ask in christ's name amen well a couple weeks ago i opened up the weather channel app on my phone and i just wanted to see what was in store for the day it was the morning and i checked the forecast and and i was about to close the app and i happened to notice a video down below you know how that is how that goes they want you to stay on the app they don't want you just getting what you want and leaving uh, and uh, usually I'm pretty good at clicking out before I go watch Weather Channel app videos, but uh, this one had bears in it, and I've always been a sucker for bears. So I, uh, I-, I clicked on the video to watch this little video, and it was uh, a video about a mother bear, actually. Anybody see this one? I don't know. Everybody see that? I don't know. Uh, it was a, a little video. Good. You'll be surprised. It was a video about a mother bear, and she had four cubs, a mother bear with four of her cubs, and she was in a backyard pool. She'd actually gone into this. It happened in California. All the good stuff happens in California. They were in California, and uh, this bear had gone into this family's backyard, and she was splashing around in the pool. And rather than calling the police like I think I would have done, this family grabbed their phone and took a video of it. Uh, I, I can't show you the video. I don't think I have the rights to do it. But um, there's a screen grab. Uh, and, and so there was this mama bear. She was in the pool splashing around, and the video ran about a minute. And these cubs kept coming over, interrupting uh, they wanted to kind of get in the pool with her. And at one point, she kind of bats one of them away. And, and, uh, she's, and it's just this, you could kind of get the vibe they were going for. She wanted to just have a few minutes to herself, right? Just a couple of mo- a minutes to relax. And the baby bears wouldn't let her do it. They wouldn't leave her alone. And uh, yeah, you moms who've ever locked yourself in the bathroom while the toddler bangs on the door, uh, you know exactly what that mama bear felt like. It's the exact same sort of thing. Well, anyway, I I hope all you mama bears will uh, get a chance to do some relaxing today. It's a little cool for the pool, but uh, maybe you can find some time to do something for yourself to relax, to to remember to pray, whatever will be a, a rejuvenating thing for you. However, we all know that's not what it's usually like. That's not what it's usually like for moms. In fact, for many mothers, most days feel more like a battle than they do like a day at the pool. And that's why I want to look with you this morning at Psalm 27. You see, Psalm 27 is a psalm for warriors. It is a warrior's psalm. And I know that might seem like an odd choice for Mother's Day, but the truth of the matter is, moms are warriors. Uh, they're mama bears in that sense, too. One of the Proverbs, I think it is, says uh, better to, you know, you're better off encountering a, a, a mama bear with her cubs than you are a fool in his folly. The idea is that you don't want to encounter a mama bear with her cubs. Uh, a lot of moms are, are warriors in that sense. They fight for their families, for their marriages, for their, for their children. And, and that's why I think actually Psalm 27 is a pretty good text for us on this Mother's Day. Uh, psalm 27 is a psalm of david it says so at the top of the psalm and with this one we actually don't know the specific circumstances of this particular psalm Uh, a lot of times a lot of times the psalms will tell us like a psalm of david will say you know this is when he was hiding in the cave or this is when he was running away from absalom some of that kind of thing uh, with this one, we don't know the specific circumstances of the psalm, but we do know that he was facing a crisis. David, if you just read through it, which like we're going to do for the next half hour, he's obviously facing a time of personal crisis. And it's actually a crisis from the outside. This isn't that he's anxious or depressed or, or something like that. It's that he's under attack. He's under assault from the outside. And the way he responds to that assault is that he's praying. He's praying right? The whole thing is a prayer. And so Psalm 27, really what we have is the prayer life of a warrior in battle, a prayer, the prayer life of a warrior who is under attack. And, and like I say, I think many mothers today of all ages, like, like Lee said, or mothers of, many, of all ages can sympathize uh, with David on this point. You, uh, your, your families are under attack. You feel it every day, the press from the culture and from all sorts of different angles. Your, your children are under attack. Your marriages sometimes are, are under attack. And this psalm shows us that the best way to respond to that is to pray. It's to do what David did. Turn to the Lord when we struggle. Turn to the Lord when we battle. That's what Psalm 27 shows us to do. And so, I want to look through this psalm. We're actually going to cover all 14 verses this morning. And I want to look at it through the lens of praying for moms. Now, of course, we could talk about this in a more general way. I could preach this text in the third week of August and we would look at it differently. But since it's Mother's Day, I want to focus in on praying for moms because we're thinking that way. And so what I want to show you is five ways to pray for the moms in your life. Sometimes we wonder, you know, how do we pray for mom? You know, is this kind of God bless mom? You know, you go to bed at night, you know, maybe some of you younger people, you know, bless my mommy. And, you know, how, how can we pray though? Is there, is there anything more detailed that we can do? And, and I think we, we have five really good things to pray for the moms in our lives here. And so whether it's your own mother or whether, you know, some of us older people, maybe we, we get, we start to get to the stage where we have daughters who maybe are mothers. If, so, if that's some of you, you could pray this for those daughters men pray this for your wives if you if you are married to a woman and you have children together uh these are this is good to pray for those women and let me just say this last thing before we jump into the outline here Uh, it's that if you are a mom you can pray this for yourself so you can uh you can you could definitely pray these things for yourselves as well so let's look at five ways to turn to the lord when we struggle five things to pray for the moms in your life The first thing to pray for moms is that they will have freedom from their fears. Freedom from their fears. Uh, That's where David begins in Psalm 27. The first uh, three verses, we're going to take these by stanzas, just like we did with last week's psalm. Uh, The first three verses focus on how David is free. This is actually what he talks about. He's free from his fears uh, because of the Lord. Because of God, he's free. So let me read those verses again. Uh, David says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Uh, Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. So David says three times in those three verses that he's not afraid. That's the the point of this first stanza. Uh, The first two are rhetorical questions in in, uh, verse 1. Of whom whom shall I fear? And then he repeats it. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then the third one is a statement in verse 3. He says, my heart shall not fear. I'm not going to be afraid. And those are powerful statements, those three statements he, he makes, because he's under attack. So he's not afraid, even though he's under attack. And he describes the attack in verse 2. I've got enemies who want to eat my flesh, he says. And I don't think it's that he's facing real cannibals. That's that's not what he's going for there. What he's giving us is a metaphor for how vicious the people who are attacking him really are. They're like lions or crocodiles, some some beast that if it could get a hold of him, it would devour him. That's how violent the attack that he's under uh, is. It, it wants to destroy him. So it's a picture of destruction. And then he gives us another picture of destruction in uh, verse 3. That was verse 2. Uh, in verse 3, he says, uh, you know, so verse 2, they're like vicious enemy, vicious beasts. Uh, verse 3, they're like an army. They're like an entire army uh, that's encamped against me. It's an army that's come to, to make war against me, he says. And so he's, he's under attack. And yet, even though he's under attack, he's confident, He's confident. My heart shall not fear, uh, he says. That's where he lands. And then he tells us the reason, also packed into these three verses, why he's not afraid. Well, it's because he's, he remembers what the Lord is like. So the Lord is the one who gives him freedom from his fears. And he actually gives us three quick pictures of, of why the Lord deals with his fears. Uh, the first is that the Lord is light. The Lord is my light, he says. Um, takes me back to john or forward to john john chapter 1 verse 5 the light shines in the darkness john writes and the darkness does not overcome it it cannot conquer it see the wonderful thing about light is that light dispels darkness it drives out darkness and so in psalm 27 what's the darkness he's dealing with it's very specifically his fear right which is which is where he goes next So so he's going to tell us how he wants us to apply the metaphor. The Lord is my light. Why would I be afraid? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my light. Picture number two is salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. And again, this is salvation from fear. It's, It's not salvation theologically from sin. That's not the context here. It's deliverance. It's rescue. He rescues me from my fears, David says. And then the third picture is a stronghold or a fortress, the word can mean. And, and so, uh, you know, this word for stronghold means a, a place of safety or protection. It's, a, it's the word used in a number of instances for, for a fortress in, in the Old Testament. And so David, in the first three verses, he's saying, uh, my enemies are attacking me, but I know the Lord is with me, therefore I'm free from fear. That, that's what's going on in, in verses 1, 2, and 3. And that right there is a great place to start when you're praying for the moms in your life. Pray that they will have what David has in verses 1 through 3. The world is a scary place sometimes. Right? I'm, I'm, it's Mother's Day. I'm not going to go all polemical and doing cultural analysis. But, but the world is a scary place sometimes. You don't, need, you don't even need me to tell you that. All you got to do is open up a news app on your phone or go to the store or whatever, wherever it might be. Sometimes the world can be a pretty scary place but that's not what God wants us to to live with. That's not how he wants us to process our world. Uh, Second Timothy says, uh, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and self-control. And so if you're born again, if you are born again, freedom from fear is your birthright. It's your new birth birthright. You can think of it that way. Uh, Jesus wants you to have exactly what David describes in verses one through three. It's not just for David, it's for you too. He wants you to be free from fear, even in the middle of your enemies. So that's request number one. You can pray that for the moms in your life. Pray that the Lord will be working in their hearts and their lives to set them free from the the fears that they have fears for themselves, fears for their children, fears for their families, whatever it might be. The second thing to pray for moms is that they will long for their Lord. And so when you pray for a mom, pray that she will grow in her own longing for the Lord. And this is what David talks about in verses 4 through 6. He talks about his own own longing, his own longing for the Lord. And the reason, let me just situate this in context. The reason this is important, the reason this helps him is, is that it It gives him the right perspective. It orients him correctly to his life. You see, what we see in verses 4 through 6 is that David's affections are ordered properly. He longs for the Lord more than he longs for anything else, and that puts everything else in perspective. Verse 4, he says, One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord." So you get two verses of basically going to church. He goes to church there in, in verses, uh, verses five and six. So second stanza, verses four through six. The main point of it is David says, "There's one thing I pray for. There's one thing. And, and again, it's poetry obviously there's not really only one thing he prays for. Even in this psalm, he prays for a bunch of other things. So he's not saying this is the only thing I ever pray for. What he's saying is this is my very highest priority. Right? So when he, when he says that in verse 27, one thing have I asked of the Lord. What he's saying is, is if I could not have anything else If God came and said, you can only ask one thing from me, this is the thing I'd ask, David says. And then he says what it is. I would want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And then he tells us why. See, well, that's a strange request, David. Is that really what you want? You want to live in the tabernacle or the temple all the days of your life? Is that really what you want? But here's why he wants it. He wants it so that he can know God better that's what he longs for he longs for the lord and you just look at how he describes it there in that verse he wants to gaze on the lord's beauty he wants to talk to the lord he says i want to inquire in his temple Basically, like i want to talk to you lord and i want to hear back from you that's what he longs for now david lives under the old covenant and so under the old covenant the place where that happens best is inside the tabernacle which is why he keeps talking about the tabernacle. He talks about the tent. He talks about the shelter. He even uses the word temple, even though the temple hasn't been built yet. It won't be built for a couple more decades. But, but he's using all this language to specify the place, right? The house of the Lord, the place where under the old covenant, God's people went to, to meet with him. But the thing that made it special wasn't because it was so beautiful and everything was made out of gold and silver and all the rest. The thing that made it so special was that God was there. And so that's what David's longing for. He's longing for, he's not longing for a physical building, he's longing for the presence of the Lord. That's his greatest desire. That's what he longs for the very most. And that is a wonderful thing to pray for the moms in your life. Pray that they will grow in what David is showing us in himself in verses 4 through 6. Pray that their affection for Jesus will grow stronger with every passing day. And that's good for everybody. That's good for her. Uh, it's good for you. If you're, if you're a child praying for your mother, that is a good thing for you if your mom is, is growing in her love for Jesus every single day. Husbands, you, you will be so blessed. You will be so benefited as your wife grows in her affection. You, you, think you you'd think you should pray that she would grow more in love with you, but no, pray that she grows more in love with Jesus and then you're the one who's going to benefit from that. And so pray that. Pray that her affections will grow. Uh, here's another reason to pray it. The idolatries of this world, they're strong, right? And they tug on moms just as much as the rest of us. Moms are, are uh, you know, they're special, and we kind of celebrate that on a day like this, but uh, moms are just as vulnerable to, to attack and, and to temptation as the rest of us are. And so they, that's another good reason to pray this. Pray that their longing for Jesus will outshine Everything else this world has to offer. That'll be so good for her if you pray that. So that's the second prayer. Pray for her longing for the Lord to grow stronger. The third thing to pray for moms that we see in this psalm is that they will have assurance of his presence. So pray that for the moms in your life. Pray for her assurance of God's presence, the Lord's presence. And that is how I would summarize the next stanza, verses 7 through 10. Now, in verses 7 through 10, David actually prays a series of prayers. you got kind of one prayer or the report of one prayer in verses 4 through 6. Now, he, he actually has a whole series of prayers. But when you put them all together, you look at the theme that ties them together. What they're all tied together by is that David is asking for a certainty, a, a sureness of the presence of God. So look at, look at those verses. I'll read them. He says... <clears throat> in a row. Uh, There's successive prayer requests in those verses. And uh, they all have to do, as I said a minute ago, they all have to do with God's presence. Right? So uh, let me show you what I mean. <clears throat> we'll uh, take them in bunches. Uh, the first three kind of go together, the three that are in verse seven. And just to show you what they are, he prays three things. He prays that the Lord would hear him. He prays the Lord would be gracious to him, or some translations might say merciful. And then he prays that God will answer him. So hear me, be gracious to me, answer me. And I think if you lump those three together, really what he's asking for is that he just wants to know that God is there. Let me know you're there. That's verse 7. Let me, let me know that you're, you hear me, that you're listening right now, Lord. Just let me know that. And I've got to say, sometimes that's all we need. Sometimes that's, that's really all we need. We just, we just need to know he's there. Uh, years ago, there was a, a Christian musician named Chris Rice, and uh, he had one of his songs. He doesn't do so many songs anymore now, but, uh, but one of his songs was called Big Enough. Big Enough. It wasn't a chart topper, but I, it meant a lot to me. I, I loved that song. Still one of my favorites. And he's just kind of wondering if God's big enough to handle his struggles is kind of the, the theme of the song. And the chorus of the song goes like this. He says, God, if you're there, I wish you'd show me. And God, if you care, then I need you to know me. That's what David's praying. That's David's prayer in verse 7. God, if you're there, I wish you'd show me. God, if you care, I need that you know me. I need, I need you to know me. And that, that's his prayer. And, and I want to stress he's confident. He's, God, you are there. So it's kind of like this. God, if you're there and I know you're there, We're see verses 1 through 6. God, if you're there and I know you're there, I want to see you. I want to experience your presence. Uh, verse 8. Uh, Again, you see his confidence here because he does something very bold. He quotes God's own words back to him. All right, so, uh, Lord, you told me to seek your face, so here I am. I'm seeking your face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. That then sets up his next prayer request. So it's number four of the seven. Uh, Prayer request number four is do not hide your face from me. Do not hide your face from me. It's there in verse eight. Uh, And. And so it's, 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 um, and it, uh, this is the first of four that are, I'll call them negative prayer requests. He's asking God to not do something. And this one is, do not hide your face from me. In the Bible, although it's not just in the Bible, I think it's just common experience, but it's certainly true the way the Bible uses this language. In the Bible, to see someone's face is to see who that person is. That's what it is. It's why we're drawn to faces. To see the face is to know the person. This is why, what do we we say? We say the eyes are the window to the soul. We we don't say that about the elbow. right? It's the face. If you want to know somebody, you you look at his face or you look at her face. And that's what David is asking for in that middle prayer. "Let Let me know you, Lord. Let me see you in a personal way. And then the, the next three requests, five, six, and seven of the seven, uh, are also connected to God's presence. Uh, again, uh, they're all stated in the negative. Don't turn from me. Don't throw me away. Don't forsake me. Don't turn from me. Don't cast me away. Don't forsake me. And that's just three different ways of saying, be with me. Be with me, Lord. Assure me of your presence. Let me know you're there. Give me that, that affirmation. And then verse 10, verse 10, you say, where does verse 10 fit in that stanza? Verse 10 takes that prayer request and it it makes it concrete. And it actually does so with a statement that's rather sad. Verse 10 is a sad statement, especially on Mother's Day. Verse 10 says, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. As far as we know, that never actually happened to David. I'm not aware of any kind of tradition or anything in the Scripture where David's parents forsook him. Uh, There's no record of that. And so uh, uh, some scholars would say, and I actually would favor this, that this is a hypothetical statement. In fact, you could translate it that way. Some translations do. Uh, Even if, so it's kind of like, even if my father and mother were to forsake me, uh, the Lord will take me in. So, so it's probably, I would argue verse 10 is not a, an autobiographical statement about David that his parents ditched him. It's a hypothetical. He takes the most intimate one of the most intimate relationships that could be imagined, and he says, even if those people bailed on me, I, the, you know, the Lord is still with me. And so I think it's a hypothetical, but let me just say this. This is kind of a, a Mother's Day application, just a little detour here. It does happen it it does happen parents do sometimes abandon their children which makes a day like this very hard for some of you right for for some of you that's part of your story if you wish we'd stop wishing happy mothers days because it's not the nicest day for you right because that happens sometimes earthly parents are sinners just like everybody else and so i i'm sure Uh, there are people listening to the sound of my word online or or, or here in the room who feel that way, who verse 10 is a little bit like a, oh, kind of a a jostling sort of a thing. If that's you, if that has been your experience, don't focus on the first half of that verse, focus on the second half, because the point is the Lord will never do that to you. That assurance of presence that David's praying for, it's promised to us. Jesus himself said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And so even if uh, my father and my mother were to abandon me, even if the Lord won't do that, the Lord will hold me close. And so that's a great thing to pray for the moms in your life. Not that the Lord won't abandon him. He won't. He already said he won't. But that they'll know it. That they'll have that assurance in their, in their, deeper, their deepest innermost being. That they'll have the sense of his pleasure. that that he is with them. And so ask, that's a great thing to pray for anybody, but it's Mother's Day, so the moms in your life, pray that the Lord will help them understand that he really meant it, that he really is with them. Number four, the fourth thing to pray for moms that we see in this psalm is that they will be protected in the midst of their enemies. And so when you pray for a mom, whoever she is, pray that she will be protected, even in the middle of her enemies. And what David's going to do now in this next stanza, it's verses 11 and 12, is he's going to go back to what he started talking about in verses 1 through 3. And he actually hasn't talked about them since then, but he's going to come back to them now. He's going to talk about those enemies. Because those enemies are real. right? David's enemies were real. It wasn't just his imagination. You're not paranoid if they really are out to get you. David's not being paranoid. He was living with real enemies who wanted to destroy him. And, and again... Many of you you moms, you, you, you're like, yeah, I know exactly what, what he feels like, right? But my marriage is under threat or this thing is happening to my kid or, or she's being bullied or the culture's pressing in and we're having a hard time resisting it. All these different kinds of things. You, you know what it's like to feel like you're under attack. The enemies are very, very real. And because the enemies are real, what you need is for the Lord to really protect you right? These aren't just niceties and kind of things we say to comfort ourselves. You really need the Lord to protect you. And that's what verses 11 and 12 are about. Uh, Verse 11, he says, teach me your way, O Lord. Another prayer request. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies give me not up to the will of my adversaries for false witnesses. He's talking about the the enemies. It's not a different group of people. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries for false witnesses have risen against me and they breathe out violence. Now at first, those two verses sound like David's praying for guidance. Right? Doesn't that sound like kind of your typical prayer for guidance? Teach me your way, lead me, uh, lead me on a level path. That that sounds like he's you know trying to decide you know what college to go to or whether he should take a new job or you know kind of one of those those decisions you got to make sometimes. That's what it sounds like. And it would be that. It would be just kind of a normal prayer for guidance if it weren't for the last part of verse eleven. See, the very last, there's kind of three lines there in verse 11. The third line makes it more specific because the last part of verse 11 says, because of my enemies. I need guidance because of my enemies, he says. And then verse 12 expands on that. Don't give me up to those enemies. Don't give me over to the will of my adversaries. They're lying about me. They're threatening me. And and Lord, I need you. We sang it earlier. I need you to protect me. And so when he says, teach me your way, it's not a generic prayer for guidance. It's a prayer for guidance on a very specific thing. It's guidance for the safe path. Show me the safe path through this uh through this minefield right show me the safe path and so when he prays for a level path uh, what, that's a that word choice is very intentional right he wants he wants to know he's got people on it on both sides who are attacking him and he wants to wants the lord to lead him on the path where there aren't some hidden pit that he's going to fall into there's not some obstruction that's going to trip him uh, he's looking for the level path through uh, the midst of these enemies or who are, who are around him and, and that's um, that's really that's very striking there. He doesn't ask for the enemies to be removed. Not in this psalm. He's instead asking for the path through the enemies. Get me through them safely. Uh, I finished a novel recently that was set during the Cold War. It was kind of a 1950s, 60s era thing. And uh, part of the plot, it was actually only a small part of the plot, but, but part of the plot involved a nuclear submarine, and this submarine needed to, for reasons I won't explain, uh, this submarine needed to sail into a harbor that had been mined. And so I don't know if they still do this. They probably do. But back in the Cold War, when everybody was so especially paranoid, um, sometimes they would mine harbors. And so they would put these you know, explosives, underwater explosives. And if a ship tried to come in, if they didn't know where the mines were, boom, that would be the end of their attempt to get into the harbor. And for, for plot reasons, this sub needed to get deep into this harbor. And that sounds like a very dangerous thing to do. How are you going to sail into this harbor that's got all these mines all over the place? But the commander of the sub had a map. That was the plot twist. He had a map, and it showed him where all the mines were. And so they had to be careful, but being careful, checking the map, they sailed right through in the midst of all the danger. And that's actually, to me anyway, that's a pretty good picture of what David's asking for. Uh, He's not asking God to, to get rid of the mines. He's asking God to guide him through. Guide me through them safely. Teach me your way. Lead me on a level path in the middle of my enemies. And so moms, moms, the enemies are real. The enemies are real, but the Lord is more real. The Lord is real too, and if you ask him, he'll guide you. And if we ask on your behalf, he will guide you safely through. Finally, the fifth thing to pray for moms is to pray that they will have patience in their waiting. Pray for the moms in your life that she will have patience in her waiting. And this is what we get in the last stanza. It's the last two verses this is where David's going to land. I believe, verse 13, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. That last stanza, and they go together. Those two verses go together. That last stanza brings two realities together, and they're not opposite realities, but but uh, they, they're, not, they don't, they're not the same reality, and it's going to bring them both together. Uh, the first reality is that the Lord is good. That's what he talks about in verse 13. Uh, David says, I can count on God's goodness. I can take it to the bank. I count on God's goodness. Uh, verse 13, it's, it's like a flag in the sand. Uh, this, I believe, he says, I believe that God is going to come through for me. I will see the goodness of the Lord. It is going to happen. And notice where, this is really important, notice where he's going to see the goodness of the Lord. He says it's in the land of the living. In the land of the living, which means now. He's talking about this life. Yes, our ultimate hope is in heaven. We understand that as Christians. But don't put it all there. Right? The Lord helps us here too. That's what he's saying there. The Lord's going to help me not just there, but here. And so he's confident. Verse 13 shows this strong sense of confidence. David is confident in the goodness of God. Even though know, he's, he's under attack, he's got these enemies coming at him, he's got all this stuff, all this pressure he's under, but he's confident in God's goodness. However, David also knows that he might have to wait for it. He might have to wait. And that's the other reality. I said there's two kind of competing realities here. Yes, the Lord is good and you can count on his goodness, but the Lord is also on his own timetable. He follows his own timing. Isaiah 55, verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And God's timing, God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect, but it does not always line up with our timing. Sometimes we have to wait. And that's what David is testifying to. In fact, that's why he tells himself not once, but twice. (laughs) In, In a single verse, verse 14, he tells himself twice to wait wait for the lord be strong let your heart take courage wait for the lord now obviously moms aren't the only ones who need to hear that right they're not the only ones who need to wait on the lord but i was thinking about this this week that's a big one maybe in a unique sort of a way waiting on the lord is a big one for moms Uh, you know I i was thinking about the work of being a mother the work of being a mother. One of the things about a mother's work, and we talked about this a little earlier, one of the things about a mother's work is it never really ends. It's never done. You know, a lot of the work we do in this world has very clear limits, right? You, it starts, you do it, it's done. My work is like that. Not all of it, but you know, probably the biggest thing I do is like that. I start a sermon, I write a sermon, I preach a sermon, it's done. Right? It goes in the file folder and, and I don't have to think about it anymore. Right, it's, it's limited in that way if you're a teacher uh, you think that way right? distinct school years you're getting close to the end of one you'll clean everything up you'll get rid of the class list you'll start over again in August If you're a farmer, you think that way, right? There's distinct agricultural seasons and they have a rhythm that they follow and it comes to an end and then you get ready to do another one. If you're a contractor, a lot of your work is that way. You have distinct projects. You build the house, the house is done, you move on to the next one. A lot of our work has these clear limits around it. But the work of being a mom is never done. It really is. It's never done. You just move to a new stage, Right? Yeah, you finish the diapers, but then there's another one, right? And another one, and another one, and they move out, and you go, "Oh, good, I'm gone, I'm done." No, you're not. It, 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 you're never done. It's, a, it, there's, it's, it's always, it's always going. Which means some of you moms have been waiting on the Lord for years. In your work as a mom, you've prayed prayers for your children that still haven't been answered, and you've been praying them for decades. You made sacrifices for your children that decades later still haven't borne fruit. And, and after a while, that gets a little discouraging. Right? That, that's discouraging. And, and maybe you start to second-guess yourself, or maybe you even feel like giving up sometimes. You know, I'm, I'm not going to pray anymore. I'm not going to make any more sacrifices. It doesn't do any good anyway. And, and if you're feeling that way, right? If, if maybe not today, but maybe tomorrow, or last week, or maybe today, but if you feel that way, verse 14 is for you. Because he says, wait. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. You will see his goodness in the land of the living. But wait for the Lord. So pray that. Pray that for the moms in your life. Moms, pray it for yourselves. Pray that the Lord will give you patience in your waiting as you wait on the goodness of the Lord. Well, I want to close this morning by, uh, by reading something to you and uh, it's actually a, a commentary from a podcast the podcast is called the world and everything in it it's a news podcast i actually recommend it if you look if you're tired of cnn and fox and whoever else uh the world and everything in it is a, uh, a christian uh, it's a news podcast with a christian worldview and um they, they ran a little commentary piece about Mother's Day this week that I just really appreciated and I wanted to share with you as we, as we close. And it's actually kind of only tangentially related to some of my points this morning, but I feel like it, it's a nice bow to put on the end of it. It pulls them all together. And so this little piece was written by Kim Henderson, is her name. I want to make sure she gets credit here. <clears throat> Kim Henderson, this was a, a podcast commentary, and... Um, I will tell you, just so you understand her first paragraph, she's going to use cicadas, those insects that live in the ground and then they come out after a whole bunch of years. She's going to use cicadas as a metaphor here. So apparently she must have an eruption of cicadas where she lives. So here's what she says. Uh, The siren song outdoors seems set to constant replay. Uh, That's why I had to research the source and make some sense of the sound, make some sense of creatures that are born to serenade. And after some reading, I clarified that our bug-eyed visitors are cicadas of the periodic variety, grown to maturity during 13-year stretches underground. 13 may sound like a lot in cicada years, but not so much in the human life cycle. Just ask any mom who's had a teenager suddenly emerge and start stretching his wings. 13 years goes by way too fast. Which brings us to the other droning sound that's inescapable this week, the sounding approach of another Mother's Day. From the radio host to the friend asking about your plans to celebrate, they're talking it up, this holiday that honors family matriarchs. The only problem is, not all mothers like the spotlight. That's because there's nothing like a round or two of cicada cycles to reveal your regrets. That bad habit you failed to conquer, passed it on to your daughter like an eye color the character issue you couldn't find time to address when your son was little, he and it are now fully grown. And then there's this paradox. All the hours you spent cleaning toilets and buying groceries and changing sheets is something your children simply cannot remember. But that time you lost your temper at the 4th of July picnic 15 years ago? That's ingrained in their memory like Teddy Roosevelt on Mount Rushmore. So while there will be accolades this Sunday, there are also mothers who would rather skip the corsage. We know we're not perfect moms. We've neglected teachable moments and snooze buttons and children who needed our undivided attention. We've failed a bunch. I have a friend, she writes, who is right now regretting the waste of a year's worth of time. She's turned in her resignation at work and told the nanny she's coming home. It's not that we don't like her, my friend says of the nanny. She's been great. It's just she's got the job I want. I smile at the way she describes the job she wants, that 24-7 role of wiping noses, spooning up cereal, lavishing love. That kind of talk is refreshing to a regretting mom who is long past the nose-wiping season, but now realizing the lavishing love part is lifelong work. The Bible says, Better is the end of a thing than its beginning. There's hope in that, she says, especially on a day like Mother's Day. Moms, that whisper in your ear, the one that tells you it's too late, is a lie. As long as you have breath, as long as there are Mother's Days and fascinating insect cycles to mark the seasons, there's still time. Time to forgive, time to mend, time to change. Begin your best mothering now, even as the cicadas sing. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I want to pray for the moms today. We pray for the moms uh, who are uh, hearing this. Uh, Just want to pray you would set them free from their fears. I I think uh, reading that commentary, I think the thing that struck me is that's one of the biggest fears I hear from moms sometimes, that they didn't do it right or that they made too many mistakes and they live with whatever regrets. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would set them free from that, that you would give them a real sense of peace and grace and healing from those, uh, those fears that come out that way. I pray you'd bless them with an assurance of your presence. Would you grow in them that longing to know you, Lord, all the more that each one of them would be experiencing a deeper and ever richer relationship with you, Jesus. Would you protect them in these days, Lord? They need protection. Uh, we, we live in a world that uh, in some, some corners hate what they do. And I pray that you would protect them on the inside and out. And Lord, would you make them patient, help them to wait on you and for your good timing. In Jesus' name, we thank you for them, and in Jesus' name, we pray for them. Amen.